Welcome to the Waggle Dance Podcast. Three guys, Duncan, Dave and Andy. A preacher, a leader and a designer who want to explore ways to live life with a little less friction. A hive of conversation waxing lyrical on faith, family and friendship. Welcome to the Waggle Dance Podcast. Well, hey, Waggle Dance Nation, where am I finding you today? I hope you're having a great day. Welcome to the Waggle Dance Podcast. Uh, This is series three of our little um, podcast. My name's Duncan, and I'm hosting um, this series of six brand new episodes of the Waggle Dance Podcast. And I'm here with my two besties, as usual, Andy Stewart, who is quinoa in human form. And, and Dave Cortin, who I would describe as Peter Jones, but with better socks. Um, That's great. So, do you right. mean Peter Jones, the old football commentator, or another Peter Jones? No, nah, the guy off the Dragon's Den. Oh, okay. you know, the entrepreneurial, the entrepreneurial okay. leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's of cash ready to invest? That's the man. So, actually, we're recording this podcast after experiencing the most delicious meal sat in Andy's kitchen. Andy, the thing is about your house is your house is in two time zones, isn't it? I mean, when you drive up to the front door of your house, it feels very... No, I'm going to get my ears wrong. It feels very Georgian. No, you're you right front door, Is that right? Yeah. The front door in the middle and two windows either side. But out the back, it's all ancient beams and things. What's going on? Yeah. So, well, it was gentrified at some point. So it was an old timber frame cottage. So probably dating back from around 1700. And then when they had the money, the wealth, um, they gentrified it. So they bolted on a brick Georgian front. So yeah, house of two So it's a bit medieval at the back and... and uh... Yeah, maybe that old. Yeah, it's a bit like the England performance. Um, the first half is uh, was pretty good. Um, and the back half, you have to sort of bend down a bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, right. well, anyway. Yeah. And so, Dave, your house is really old as well, isn't it? Your house is an amalgamation of a few houses stuck together. Yeah. So I live in um, a house that was originally three, one up, one down, farmers' cottages. And uh, yeah, built in the the late 1600s wow so, wow yeah very old so yeah, yeah. they are just a money pit duncan yeah the older the house the more money you oh, have to boy. spend on i went around dave's house to watch the england game and um he apologized well actually it was his wife who apologized to me because that we just had a rainstorm as i walked in and uh, miranda said um excuse all the towels on the windowsills because <laughs> apparently when it rains yeah. <laughs> because it was built 400 years ago, yeah. all the rain comes in. So. We, we used to get that. We used to live in a Suffolk Hall house. Um, similar similar period, actually. Yeah. It used yeah. to leak like a sieve. Um, of course, I don't think that was mentioned on the particulars when we sold it. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when it was originally built, it wouldn't have had windows. You're so we, right. we, We're not really complaining. That's true. Honest. It's an authentic, right. traditional... We yeah. just have to have lots of towels on hand because of that <laughs> weather. My house is quite old as well. My house um, was um, built BC, actually. Okay. 2003 BC, before COVID, obviously. <laughs> so um, and it's still standing today. Anyway, anyway, anyway. We're recording this just after England were booted out of the final by Italy. Um, and it kind of feels like half time, you know, to push the football analogy. We're midway through the year. And despite all the lockdowns and the frustrations of restrictions, Dave, Andy and myself, we've decided it's not too late to have a great year. 
And half time's great. You know, people tell you in sport, half time's a great chance. It's a chance to regroup. It's a chance to embrace the reality of the first half. And maybe June's a good time to um, recommit ourselves to some of the hopes and dreams we had back in January when we made our New Year's resolutions. So we three blokes have been asking ourselves a couple of big questions. We've been saying, where have we lost a bit of momentum in life? And the other question we've been asking is kind of what habits do we need to focus on in the second half of the year to make sure we have a great year? So in this series of the Waggle Dance podcast, Andy, Dave and myself, we're going to go public. We're going to get a bit juicy and a bit real. Uh, We're going to go public on our personal manifestos for a life beyond COVID. A public declaration is a manifesto, a declaration of intent to do life better. So, Dave, tell us, what are we looking at in this particular episode? So this episode is all about, um, I want to find adventure again. So we've been in lockdown, we've been, yeah, unable to do all the things that we would normally do. And I think in a post-COVID world, one of the things that we're all thinking about is how can we find adventure? I like that. Yes, feels like pirates on the high seas, doesn't it really? Listen, what I want to do, I want to set the scene for this, ask a few questions, and then I'm really interested to hear your public declaration of intent when it comes to adventure and whether a 50-something-year-old man can experience adventure again. Same with you, Andy. I can't wait to hear your public declaration of intent. But let me set the scene. And I want to set the scene by asking a question. Have you ever found yourself saying this or thinking this? Here's the phrase. There's got to be more to life than I'm currently experiencing. You ever found yourself thinking it or even saying it out loud? And let's leave it as a rhetorical question, because apparently, according to research, that question is a common question that men ask and men of our age. In fact, I was talking to a business guy not so long ago, and he was telling me he, he spends most of his time driving around the M25 for his business on the road all the time. And he told me, <laughs> he told me, Duncan, the other day I drove past ju- the junction for Terminal 5 at Heathrow Airport. And he said that it, was every- it took everything within me to keep the car on the M25. I just wanted to pull off at that junction, park the car in the long stay car park and just get on a plane to somewhere else. I was just fed up with the treadmill of the M25. I wanted to find some adventure again. And so apparently guys our age, we hanker for that. And we ask that question all the time. There's this gap between the life we long for, the life we think everybody else is living and the life we're currently experiencing. So I'd love to think that this little podcast of ours um, that you're listening to right now, it might just help you to close that gap between the life you long for and the life you're currently experiencing. It might help you to find a cure for the common life that you're experiencing right now. And it might help you to find that sense of adventure again. So um, in order to kind of set the scene, I want to take you back a month or two. It was a beautiful, beautiful, hot, summery day. And I'd gone to Ipswich Marina, Ipswich Docks. Have you you boys ever been there before? Yeah. Yeah, those times. I mean, it's like Monaco, you know. (laughs) It is. It's got beautiful, expensive sailing craft all in this beautiful little harbour area cafes around the place i love it down there and i've taken the dog for a walk debbie was at work the kids were out i take the dog for a walk stopped and had a coffee in one of the coffee bars and as the we grazing were grazing sheep yeah the grazing sheep's lovely just the best coffee shop great coffee beautiful food uh, it really is nice. if you're ever down at Ipswich marina look for the grazing sheep um so yeah and i stood and watched the boats and what was fascinating to me as I, the dog had just settled around my feet and i stood for a long time with the sun on the back of my neck and what was fascinating to me, there were two types of people on these boats. 
So some people were carrying boxes of wine and crates of beer and bags of food and they were getting onto their boats and they were setting the table and they were it looked like they were spending all weekend sleeping on the boat, eating on the boat and just staying in the harbour. And then there was another group of people who were preparing their boats to go out into the deep blue sea, go through the harbour gates, let go of the slip, you know, t- untie the rope, get out of the harbour and into the deep blue sea. And I, and I kind of thought to myself, you know, these people who go out into the deep blue sea, they're going to feel the spray and the wind on their faces. They're going to see some sunrises and some sunsets, the like of which they've never be- seen before. They're going to make some memories. They're going to have some adventures on the high seas, maybe experience new countries and new cultures. And I just wondered if if these people go back to work on Monday and someone says to the guys and girls who were sat on their boats all weekend eating and drinking, what did you do over the weekend? And I can imagine them saying, oh, we went boating. Did you really? You just sat in a harbour, you know, and watched people walking around the harbour. Whereas the other people who went out to the high seas, if they're asked on Monday, what did you do? They can say, well, we went out boating. We went out sailing. We went out where the adventure is. So if you've ever found yourself thinking there's got to be more to life than I'm currently experiencing, I need you to understand that's harbour talk. That kind of question, that kind of um, concern that runs through people's mind is harbour talk. And you know what the harbour feels like. My friend who drove around the M25 and wanted to get on a plane and forget it all, he knew what the harbour felt like. The harbour's an easy life, right? It's a safe way of doing life. It's a well-populated way of doing life. People stay in the harbour all the time. It's a fun way of doing life. But you also know that it's kind of not for you. You know the harbour quickly feels, you know, basic. It kind of feels boring. It feels like, oh, it's just... It's not enough. It's not what I, what I want. And you know that out in the deep is where the real stuff of life actually lies. So listen, it, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian listening to this or you're an atheist or you're somewhere on that scale in between. I know this about you. We all want something that's real. We all want something that's got a bit of depth to it. So how do you close the gap between the life you've always wanted? How do you find a cure for the common life, this deep adventurous life Uh, that we all hanker after and and all I can do as I thought about this all I can do is tell you my personal experience and boys this is where it might get a bit controversial for our listeners but here's my personal experience when it comes to adventure for me when I stopped getting Jesus wrong that's when I started to get life right when I stopped to get getting Jesus wrong that's when I started to get life right and that's when I found the adventure I was looking for And it might sound um, odd, but contrary to popular belief, I've discovered that Jesus wasn't a kind of stay in the harbour, tied to the dock kind of a saviour, the kind of guy that I thought he was. I mean, if you think about the kind of things that Jesus did, I mean, imagine we weren't just three blokes who lived in Suffolk, but we were his disciples 2000 years ago. We would be waking up each morning thinking to ourselves, what is this guy going to do next? I mean, think about some of the stuff he did. You'd think a holy man, (laughs) you'd think a holy man would take wine and he would turn it into water. You know, he would say, guys, you need to slow the party down a bit. But not Jesus. He takes water, foot washing water, and he turns it into wine at a wedding banquet. Why? So that the host doesn't get embarrassed. And then, you know, we would have seen him if we were his disciples. We would have seen him feed 5,000 people with nothing more than just a Dairy Lee Lunchable box. And it wasn't just 5,000 people. The Bible just talks about the men that were there. There would have been women there and children there. You're talking 15,000, 20,000 people 
that he fed with nothing more than a few bits of bread and some fish. And we would have seen that. You know, there's one time when he picks up a little kid in his arms and he looks at the crowd and he says to the crowd, you are never going to get me. You're never going to understand me or the kingdom of God or how to find the adventure in life unless you become more like this little kid. And he was right. I mean, children know what it is to ask for help. We're afraid to do that as, as adults. Children, they see wonder, don't they? They see beauty in the ordinary and the mundane. Children play all the time. You know, they allow themselves to get distracted by something mysterious or something beautiful that they come across. As adults, we don't have time for that kind of wonder and beauty and adventure. We're just too busy. And then, of course, Jesus <laughs> walks into church one day and he sees poor people being ripped off in God's name. And what, what happens? His nostrils start to flare and he gets really angry at the injustice of it all. So he turns over tables and at the same time, he turns over people's worldview about what it really means to follow God. And then of course, the, the night before he's crucified, night before they pin him to a cross, Jesus is with his disciples. He's the most powerful man <laughs> in the room and he flips the script. He gets down on his hands and knees, gets a bowl of water and a towel, and he starts to wash the muck off the feet of his disciples. He becomes a slave in front of their eyes. He even washes the feet of the guy who's going to betray him the following day. And he says to these disciples of his, these followers of his, he says, look, if you want to be great in this world, then you've got to be a servant. If you want to be great in this world, you've got to learn how to serve. I mean, he gave living water to people he wasn't even supposed to be talking to. He touched lepers who were the COVID-19 carrying lepers, untouchables of the day. He gave life back to dead people. People have been pronounced dead for days. I mean, if we'd have been his disciples, we'd have woke up every morning going, what on earth is this guy going to be doing now? now people say following Jesus is boring. People say becoming a Christian is predictable. It's, it's an adventure-starved life. I mean, Jesus was many things. You can label lots of things at Jesus, but he was never boring and he was never predictable. Um, he was the most unpredictable person that ever walked the earth, which kind of makes me wonder, where do we get all these boring Christians from? Where do we get all these predictable churches from? So honestly, controversially, I found that this unpredictable Jesus is where the adventure of life really lies, genuinely. I think Jesus is where the cure for the common life can be found. But it kind of takes some doing. And let me finish with this before I ask you what your declarations of intent are. It does take some doing because Jesus said, you can find this in, in Matthew's account of the life of Jesus. But Jesus says this, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. Anyone who intends to be my follower, be my disciple, anyone who wants to come with me and experience the adventurous life, you've got to let me lead. He says, you're not in the driver's seat. I am. So it's not like we're driving along the road and we think, yeah, I could do with a bit more adventure. Jesus, jump on. You know, we stop and we see Jesus and we think, maybe as you're listening to my voice now, you're thinking, I need that kind of spiritual adventure in my life. Well, Jesus is standing on the side of the road, but he's not saying, can you give me a lift? He's saying, OK, move over. I'll drive now. That's what that verse is saying. You want the deep life? You want the adventure filled life? Then you've got to put Jesus in the driving seat. And let me finish. You know, I started with me and the dog at, at its switch marina. Let me finish with a, with a story about my dog. I played a little game on her. Summer, her name is. You know my dog. I, play, I played this little game on her. 
um, what she does, all her treats, I mean, you guys have both got dogs, all her treats are in the utility room at home. Um, she's got two kinds of treats. She's got little tiny ones. And you give her a kind of a handful and she always runs off. Every time you give her a treat, she runs off into the same spot, into the living room, hunkers down and eats them. She always does. So she's got these little tiny ones and then she's got a bigger bone type treat that you can give her as well. And you just decide what you're going to give her. And I tried this little, <laughs> this little experiment on her, a bit cruel really. She was looking for a treat. So I got some of the tiny ones in my hand and I gave them to her and she put them all in her mouth. Didn't eat them because she has to trot off to the lounge to eat them. So she trotted off towards the lounge, but she heard me open the box to where her bigger bone treats were. And she was in a dilemma. She turned around and came back in and looked at me and I took a bone out. And so there she is, mouthful of little treats, but she really wanted the bone. And the only way she was going to get the bone was to spit out the little treats. But she didn't want to spit out the little treats. And she, she couldn't carry the bone unless she spat out the little treats. And she was in a real dilemma. And I, I kind of wonder if you're listening to this podcast while you're walking the dog or you're doing the ironing or you're driving in your car. I wonder whether you can hear Jesus saying to you right now, look, I've got a gift for you. In fact, the way he put it was, I've come to give you life, the gift of life, and give you the most adventurous, fullest life you can ever imagine. And it almost feels right that Jesus is literally standing here now and he's talking to you and he's saying, look, here it is. This life you long for, this this adventurous life, the deep life that's out there where the oceans are, this significant life, the life you've always dreamed of, this get out of the harbour of life. Here it is. I'm giving it to you. I'm offering it to you. And like a dog, you want to take it, but you don't want to let go of the stuff that you've already got hold of. And you've got this dilemma. In order to grab hold of the life that Jesus wants to give you, you're going to have to let go of the life you're already holding on to. In order for you to enjoy the adventurous life that Jesus wants to give you, you're going to have to let go of the life you're already holding on to. Dave, Andy, for too long, for too long, I thought that following Jesus was primarily about living right. I've discovered, especially over lockdown, I've discovered it's not about that. It's about living fully. It's about living with adventure. And I don't think our souls are ever going to be satisfied unless we put one foot in front of the other and follow him as close as we can, because that's where the adventurous life lies. I want to be like those first century disciples. I want to get up each morning going, what on earth is Jesus going to do today as I walk with him? I don't think there's a bigger adventure out there than that. What do you think? I think that's a brilliant analogy. I think the the idea of the boat... You know, boats are designed to leave the harbour good and uh to use the, the story that you gave and yeah i think it is really easy at times i think what you've just opened my eyes to this evening as we were talking is that it's it's really easy to to get comfortable into our routine and what we do whether that be with the lives that we lead or whether that be with our faith mm-hmm. and i think that um the most memorable wonderful faith experiences that i've had have been when i've done something that was probably outside of my comfort zone relating to my faith yeah and i think that's that's just as you were talking through the story and and you know you're describing those people that lived in jesus's time and went through those amazing adventures with him it's um yeah reminded me that that's what he wants us to actually experience not not that uh something that is routine and is slightly mundane. 
And um, yeah, I think that's a real, a real challenge, Duncan. What about you, Andy? Yeah, it's. I, I was super excited. I'll be honest. And uh, the idea of moving out of the shallows, out of the harbour, into the stormy water, which it can be, but mm. equally, you know, to to experience a new land, in new experiences. Well, you've got to, like, as Dave said, you've you've got to be a bit courageous, take a step, mm. you move over another threshold. So mm. yeah, it's very exciting to kind of hear that. So the question is, how do we get there? You know, it's like that's part one, what's part two? Yeah, it's true. How do you get that kind of life? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, you know, it's uh, there's an old saying, isn't there, that, that um, you know, God is just a prayer away and it sounds a bit twee and it sounds a bit, but that I think that's where the adventure lies. For, for maybe for some of the people that are listening to this podcast, maybe it's been a long time, if ever, that they've closed their eyes and talked to their Heavenly Father. I think closing yourself away on your own in a quiet place, whether you're in the car or walking the dog around a field or you know, just in your bedroom on your own, just to start talking to God about life and asking him to bring the sense of adventure back. That's, That's a so great good. place to start. Yeah, you bet. And I don't think that, that, you know, I can't guarantee that God answers prayers, but I can guarantee that if you were to get on your hands and knees and say, God of heaven, come into my life right now. I guarantee he will answer that prayer. And there can be nothing more dramatic than heaven visiting earth and entering your life and Jesus holding your hand and walking through life with you. And it is just the prayer away. So I think that's where the you can do that right now. You can do that tonight and the adventure can begin. So Anyway, that, so, you know, that's just our 50,000 foot view of where I think you can find adventure again. Um, so I hope it doesn't cross over the kind of stuff that you want to talk about, but I'm interested to know, you know, with that as a backdrop, I mean, let's start Andy, let's start with you. I'm interested to know, you know, what's your declaration of of intent? What's your manifesto about finding adventure again? Because I know for all of us, lockdown has been boring and it's sucked the life out of us and we're desperate to get on a plane and go on holiday and experience the adventures of life again. What about you? What's your declaration? Do you know, I've sat with this for um, for a while, this question. Uh, I want to find adventure again. I don't think adventure is something that is kind of brand new through the COVID lockdown. Um, but it is the new, the exciting and the great unexplored. And I came across this line. Um, Life without adventure is like pizza without cheese, apparently, <laughs> which I quite liked. It caught me a bit. But I've really missed adventure during this lockdown period. So before I kind of unpack where I've been and, and my manifesto, I just want to ask you guys a quick question. Where do you think of when you think of adventure? What springs to mind? And yeah, during this kind of lockdown, and as you're coming out of lockdown, what springs to mind? And, um, and then I'll share my adventure. I think that's about doing something different to the norm. That's how I would define adventure. It's something that's not unexpected, but is just something that you wouldn't normally do. And therefore becomes memorable it becomes a bit exciting um yeah that would be my, good my definition i think I, yeah i think it's really good because i think sometimes we we naturally choose we go to the same restaurants we drink at the same coffee shops we have the same experiences because they feel safe and we lose the thrill of going to a different restaurant a different coffee shop you know when i was <laughs> when i was a kid we went to the same hotel on the isle of wight for eight years running you know, because my parents are risk averse, yeah. always have been. Um, 
and you know, I just, we, you could get it wrong. You could end up in a terrible hotel in a country where no one speaks English and the food's terrible. But it, those those are the things that you talk. I can't remember anything of our holidays mm. because they become similar, don't they? Yeah. Uh, we used to go to the Lake District at Easter, um, and uh, and it was the same place. But it was what's this phrase? If you uh, do what you've always done, you get what you've always got. Well, it turns out actually that's what my mum and dad wanted. Yeah. The same food or similar food, the same walks, the same views the same experience um but at what cost the yeah. new the exciting and the great unexplored and so for me i think holidays to the greek islands snorkeling in gin clear water now i've done that before um and i hope to do it again mm. when we can fly um the other thing that i want to touch on is i mean we're all i had a big birthday with an o in it uh, just a couple of weeks ago and i think the older you get the more challenging it is to experience new adventures, don't you think? I mean, we've all bought a car, got married, bought a house, had kids, um, owned a dog, gone abroad, tried exotic food, and we've been to different places. And then lockdown happened. Yeah. And I think for us, for me, for Andrea and for Louis, um, that prevented us from going on those new exciting adventures. And it was um, Arthur Schopenhauer, the German philosopher, he said, uh, it's loss which teaches us about the worth of things. And if you've listened to any of the previous podcasts, you'll know that I'm, I'm a bit of a one for quotes. But you the are. ancient wisdom, you know. I, yeah. um, and, and for me, that loss which teaches us the worth of things, during lockdown, it prevented us from going on adventures, being spontaneous. And so for me, I think, and for Andrea, it was the loss of freedom, um, the loss of structure or purpose, the loss of community that made us think, hold on a minute, we can't go on those adventures. And if you're listening to this and you've got, uh, you know, young children or, or adults, um, you know, friends, you, one of the hardest things that um, you'll, you'll have witnessed, I think, well, certainly for us, was how our son Louis' world became so small and it crushed his sparkle and his opportunity and for misadventure. Mm. So he just couldn't be spontaneous because he couldn't go out. Um, so I think that was something that we're looking forward to see. Uh, not just in his life, but in the lives of young people as well. So here's another question. Um, when we couldn't go on an adventure, uh, what sprang to mind for us? Well, we had to do something about that. So we thought quite carefully about this. And Andrea, my wife, she's a great one for lists, I have to say. Um, so she made a list of mini adventures, affordable adventures that we could do. Um, as the world starts to unlock. That's so we, a great idea. So she actually put pen on paper. and She did. Wrote, we sat down at the kitchen idea. table. And, and do you know what? I must admit she came up with more than I did. But mm. anyway, we thought about what have we missed? What have we looked forward to doing that we couldn't do? Uh, and booked it. So um, I found myself um, listening to Johnny, a Johnny Cash tribute band at Helming Hall. We wouldn't have done it ordinarily. <laughs> and it was brilliant. You know, we, we had some, you know, some drinks there. We were... Surrounded by people with Stetsons and you know, this American look, but the music was sensational. Um, so getting together with friends, family, um, special events. Well, we've had to be more kinetic, more planned, you know, planned around those sorts of things. And um, yeah, so I'd say being intentional about doing those sort of mini adventures. That's something that we've we've really benefited from. Um, but I just want to say they're all outside, aren't they? That's doing yeah. things. That's kind of going out your front door, getting in your car, going places. What I found was not all adventures are outside. Um, and it was George Eliot who said, adventure is not outside, man. It's within. Um, it's not just an external thing. And I think we all know that because our physical worlds got smaller. Um, for me personally, adventure took a different form. Um, so I learned Russian. 
Um, for example, I didn't learn Russian. <laughs> I was going to um, say, you, I can't imagine. You should have seen the look on their faces. <laughs> I didn't learn Russian, no. But I did read more. If you'd have done it, you'd have done it really quickly, wouldn't you? I, I, I could have done. I, could have. I think that's the second reference, in fact, to Russian, isn't it? Yeah. There was um, the Russian call girls. So now you're going to have to track back and listen um, for the Russian call girl story. Was it true? Don't know. Have to listen. Uh, but um, watching and learning and discovering new things, and it's something that I hope to continue as well. But I want to touch on the fact that three of us guys were meeting in my studio doing a podcast. Um, I don't think that would have happened had it not been for the pandemic. I mean, it was an idea that they had, yeah. um, you know, kind of uh, as the world was changing. Uh, and so in many respects, I'm so glad that kind of that opportunity came up and that Dave came up with this brilliant idea um, to sharpen us, to dive into these, uh, you know, big topics. So you're glad about the podcast. Me and Dave are glad about it. And both our listeners are really glad about the podcast as well. That we I think we're up to four now. Oh, we really? Yeah. Wow. Hey, that's cool. It's good. So as I close on this, um, I just want to be a bit practical. And it's normally Mr. Banks who kind of lands the practical side. How do you pitch adventure back into the mix? So first off, desire. You've got to want to go on an adventure, haven't yeah. you? You've got to want yeah. to get in the boat. You've got to want to kind of drive out of the safety of the harbour and see what's in the big wide world. Second um, um, piece of advice, start small. That's good. Maybe affordable and maybe local as well yeah. because we can't, well, we can travel, uh, but it's just not straightforward as it once was. Um, be courageous. Go ahead, so just go back, so go back to that. Yeah. Um, start small. Give us an example of what you could do tomorrow that was cheap, local and small that would inject a sense of adventure back into life. Guys put me on the spot. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I mean, I was talking to some of my friends who they've camped out in the back garden with their kids. Love that, you know, and the kids are still talking about it. You know, it's yeah. little. You could get up at the crack of dawn and drive to the coast and and watch the sunrise. I love know. that. So it's where you you actually start to become more imaginative and more yeah. creative because we've all had to. I think it's like Dave said, it's doing something different to what you normally do because you yeah. normally get up at eight o'clock and have a croissant or a bit of toast and watch breakfast news. And, so true. And it's just that same yeah. day in a day out, but to yeah. break that. It's great. Yeah. I've also getting up at eight o'clock would be an adventure for me because I'm good. normally up a lot earlier than that. So, so oh. a lie-in could count as an adventure for me. Yeah, eight yeah. yeah. So the tent in the back garden—that's getting off the beaten path, isn't it? It's doing something different um, and dealing with. Um, this might sound a bit weird, but dealing with the fear of the unknown. You know, if you're going to go off the beaten path um, or the familiar path, it's going to feel a bit um, different. Yeah. Um, but I think that's where. That's where adventure is, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's beyond the path. So equipping, planning adventures, um, might be scuba diving. Drop that one in. So yeah. I'd love to do scuba diving. So what I'm going to have to do there is I'm going to have to train for that, you know, to get that adventure underwater and see what it's like. But I'd love to do it. So I'm hoping to do that. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'll land on this. Be adventurous. Life is short. And you've already picked up on it, Duncan. Don't live within the safety of the shallows. Yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. So when it comes to um, yeah, living a life of adventure, my declaration of intent is be imaginative and be bothered. Good. You've got to be bothered. Yeah, good. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you brought this kind of water analogy, this boat analogy, which is so good. You've got to get in the boat yeah. and you might have to start rowing and you need to set a destination. Um, and there might be others in the boat with you as well. Um Great quote, so I'll just close on this one. Um, Man cannot discover new oceans unless he has the courage to lose sight of the shore. 
Um, and and that for me just kind of nails it. You you know you've got to have yeah. a bit of courage. So yeah. does that's brilliant, Andy. Just quick question: Does adventure find you, or do you need to go out and find adventure? Not you personally, but does adventure come to us if we sit around long enough, or do we have to actually go find it ourselves? I, th- I think our experience will probably answer that. You know, I, I mean, uh, when it comes to adventure, if it is the new and the next and the unexperienced, then that's going to be either that's going to be in a place that we've not been before. Yeah. So that might be, uh, you know, in the internal world, it might be a book that you've not read before or, or, or an author or a, a piece of music you've never heard or listened to. Mm. Um, but of course, adventure, you know, might be it's a doorway through which you've yet to travel through uh, into a world. Well, you you know, you've yet to experience. So I, I think that it requires, um, yeah, you, you've got to be bothered. You've, you've mm. got to get up out of your seat and move forwards. That would be my kind of um, first thought. Does that resonate with you, Dave, this idea of if we want adventure, if we want to live this life that's a cure for the common life, that we have to be bothered <laughs> to go out and find some adventure? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's about being, it's about being intentional, isn't it? It's about saying that actually... I am going to make sure that I create the space, the time, and the room for adventure to be part of my life. Yeah. And I think it's been so easy, particularly in the world we lived in pre, pre-COVID, pre-pandemic, to just accept the life that we had and to, and to coast along and to get into a routine. And I think what COVID has done is it's made us all stop and think in a way that we've not had a chance to. You know, so many times people would say, oh, you know, stop the road, I want to get off the yeah. road. Let me just, let me just, I wish I could just put push pause. And um, I think we all realise that when you push pause, it's a bit uncomfortable, mm. actually, because effectively pause was pushed on us. We all went into lockdown and it's caused us to look at things differently. And um, yeah, I, I would say that for sure you you need to be intentional yeah. about the fact that you you need to plan the adventurous things in life. See, here's here's the thing. I want to hear Dave's declaration of in, of, of intent when it comes to adventure because Andy's was brilliant. Here's the thing. I, while Andy was talking, my mind went back to one of those. Have you ever had one of those kind of moments where you've listened to someone speak? You know, it could be a TED talk. It could be a, somebody on TV. It could be at a conference or a church service. And, and everything's changed. And you can, it's like a milestone in your life. You look back to it and say it was at that moment that, Things changed for me. Yeah. Well, I had one of those. I think it was back, it was years ago. My kids were much, much younger, and I was at a conference in Chicago, and I was listening to a guy speak called Donald Miller, and he was he's the boss of Story Brand. Check him out; it's fantastic. But he was talking about one family that came to him. The dad came to him and said, "Things are going wrong in my family. My wife is bored. My daughter is." going out with some loser of a bloke and you know I'm really worried about the kind of relationship they've got my son is painting his room black and listening to terrible music and you know mixing with the wrong crowd I just don't know how to get out of it and it was brilliant because Donald Miller said but look at your kids and look at the story you're writing for your family you know the story you're writing for your family is getting up really early in the morning going out to work buying a, a new Volvo and putting that on the drive and adding an extension to the back of your house. And they're looking at that and they're thinking, really, is that what life's about? A new car on the drive and an extension on the back of the house? And oh, that's not much. Even. So they're trying to find their own adventures. 
So he said, well, I, I can see that. Yeah, what do I need to do about it? And Donald Miller said, go home, get a flip chart or you know, a piece of paper or something, sit them down and say to the kids, right, as a family, I want us to make a difference in this world. I don't care what it is. Let's figure out what it might be. And his 17-year-old daughter said, well, I was listening to a, um, a, a story that somebody was telling about a village in Africa that didn't have clean water. Wouldn't it be amazing if we as a family could do something about that? And so dad said, yeah, that would be amazing. How are we going to do that? And so the son said, well, I, there's a friend of mine. His dad works in a travel agency. Maybe we should go out to this place. He could get some cheap tickets. Leave that with me. I'll sort that out. And so they started on this family roller coaster of um, figuring out what they could do to go to this African village and help them out with the fact that they didn't have any clean water. The, the girl dumped the boy because she was now a hero in a story. And why would you ever lose her like that as your Prince Charming? So she dumps the boy. Um, the son starts getting excited about things they've never got excited about. And as a family, they travel backwards and forwards to this village in Africa, made a whole bunch of new friends, made a difference in terms of clean water in the village. And it's a story that they will never, ever forget. And it's a story that shaped their lives because no longer is their adventure about you know, affording a new Volvo and driving off into the sunset to another business meeting. You know, their story is now we've made a difference to thousands of lives in a village in Africa that didn't have clean water. Um, and it's, you know, it, it, you talked about courage and it's mm. courage to have that kind that's of adventure. That's a brilliant story. Duncan. Courage to have that kind yeah. of adventure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a vision, isn't it, as well? Yeah. I mean, to, to actually, and you've already used the term flipping the script, but actually when you're looking outside of yourself and, and seeing actually in this case um, uh, a problem that you could solve or, or suffering that could be reduced through... Um, you know, pulling together and, and, and caring about it. Yeah. That's an incredible story. Yeah. And, and transformation and change. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't look and back. Even, but even if nothing actually happens, the pros, going through the process of trying to do something like that galvanizes this sense of there's, you know, there is more to life than mm. we're currently experiencing. Totally. Yeah. Andy, that's, you stimulated some great thoughts for me. Dave, I want to hear your declaration of intent because I get it. You know, for all of us, lockdown has squeezed the essence of life from all of us. And we're fed up with blooming Zoom calls, left, right and centre. And then somebody says, would you want to join us on Friday night for a Zoom quiz? No, I don't. I've been on Zoom all day long. So, yeah, we've lost the spirit of adventure. And that's why we're desperate to get out and experience something new. What's your declaration of intent when it comes to adventure? So my manifesto for a better life post-COVID is to always have an adventure in the diary. Oh, I like that. So what we're doing now as a family and what, what I want to make sure is that there's never not a day in our diary when we're going to have some kind of adventure, whatever that, whatever that might be. So that is our, our manifesto. We're always going to have an adventure planned in the diary. And so I want to start by sort of explaining how that's come about by sort of telling, telling a tough story, to be honest. I mean, I think COVID-19 has made us all think a little bit about our mortality. And I'm going to talk about Jan for a moment or two. Jan is a guy, you know, I can't remember when we met, but it would probably be about uh, 25 to, to 30 years ago. And Jan worked in the same industry as me, so health and fitness industry, running health clubs. Uh, and Jan, Jan, yes, I just kind of got to know him because it's a really small industry and so those of us that sort of have have businesses just kind of get to know one another and so I've known Jan for for that period of time and he has been a pioneer and a leader and he's 
built businesses and he's had challenges and he's bounced back and he's been a real a real leader amongst leaders in our in our industry really well known uh, got involved with industry trade associations created national fitness day uh for his gym chain and then basically gave it to the industry and that has become one of the most prominent and biggest sort of public uh awareness campaigns of the importance of exercise and jan just created it and gave it to the industry and all the way through lockdown uh as an industry those of us that are leading organizations have been on a two weekly zoom call duncan to go back to your zoom calls and we've been talking about all the things that we need to do we've been campaigning with government around support for us and about helping us to re-establish our business when we reopen and jam was one of the most uh vociferous and campaigning kind of individuals around that um and and i don't know exactly when but but jan just developed a bit of hip pain and um and thought nothing of it um and then kind of started to feel a bit more unwell with that and and the reality of Jan's story is that is that yeah he went to the doctors on uh, over the bank holiday weekend in May, um, and they ran some tests and they found that he'd got advanced cancer and that it had gone around his body and wow. he found that out on a Tuesday. He married his long term partner on the Friday, and he passed away on the Sunday. No. And and Jan is six or seven years younger than me. Wow. Um, He's yeah, he's led huge organisations and he's been just a powerful, charismatic guy, and and it clearly, I mean, it rocks the world of those people who were really close to him and his family and his boys and and but it rocked my world mm. too because actually he was just someone who was a constant in my world at a distance. You know, yeah. I didn't spend a lot of time with him, but you know, I'm. I knew enough about Jan. I knew he loved music. I knew, you know, he loved his boys. He 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 lived life to the full. Um, he was always reading. He's an avid reader. He'd always be talking to me about what books you've read. Have you, have you read this? It's a fantastic book. And he was, you know, so there was so much about him. Um, and it and it just it rocked the world of a lot of people in our industry. But 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 it was just so sudden. You know, two weeks before he'd been on a call, we were talking about what we were going to do. Uh, as we were starting to come out of lockdown, um, and and Jan never got to to see any of those things come to fruition. So, so I think um, that just brings home when you when and everyone's got a story of something similar to that. We've all we've all experienced yeah. friends or or people that we know who have who've had similar experiences. And and I think what that does is it just reminds us that that it's so easy to have the tendency to put things off because of the urgency of the now mm. and and what what i've learned from 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 that story that i've just told is that you know the, the, you know, you, we never know what's yeah, around yeah. the corner and and so whilst the urgency of the now has to be dealt with don't allow you to put off the the adventure the fun things the things that you want to do don't you know don't ever say well i'm going to I'm gonna, I want to do that. I really want to do that, but I'm going to wait until the right time comes along, because it might not come along. Um, and so, so I think that's what's made me think I am always going to have something in my diary that that I would define as an adventure. And I think I think it's important as well as we sort of talk about this and talk about a manifesto. So how would we define adventure? So that was one of the things that when I was 
you know, thinking about what we were going to chat about tonight. I was thinking about how would I define adventure? And the best thing, the best way that I could come up with, is not a good definition, but the definition I came up with is that it's something that you really look forward to, that you get excited by, and that you wouldn't normally do. It's not part of the routine. Something so you look forward to. Three things. Something you get excited. You look forward to, you get excited by it, and it's you something wouldn't you wouldn't do. normally do. Yeah. So I had an opportunity, luckily through my connections with the industry, at the last minute I got the opportunity to go uh, a few weeks ago to the to the Wimbledon ladies final. Wow. Um, which, you know, I love my tennis and it coincided with the the day that my youngest daughter became a teenager. So me and my youngest daughter, there was no holding back. Right, we've got the opportunity, right, Millie, let's go. We're gonna the day you become a teenager is the day we're gonna go and watch the women's final at, at Wimbledon. And so and so that was an adventure and we made you know, we made as much of that day as we possibly could. And we created some memories, Millie and I, that, you know, well, certainly will stay with me for the rest of my days. We had just the best day. We had the most amazing seats. Uh, we were right behind the back of the baseline, but really close to the court. Um, we watched two amazing games of tennis. We got some food together. We went in a shop. We bought some some memorabilia from the day we chatted all the way down we chatted all the way back and it was just you know so going to Wimbledon might seem a bit tame and a bit typically English but we made it an adventure but it was exciting it, it was. was different to what you normally do and what was the third one and it and it was something that we look forward to something you look absolutely forward to. brilliant Fantastic. so so I think that that's so what I'm looking to do now going forward post COVID is just making sure that I've got something in my diary. So the next thing we went to Wales to have a soccer year or so ago, the last year we went on holiday before, before COVID struck. So 2019. And one of the things I'd wanted to do was go and climb Snowdon for a variety of reasons that I won't bore you with. We never actually got to climb Snowdon. Well, we're going to Scotland in a, in a week or so's time. And so I've said to the girls, are we, going to, are we going to climb a mountain? And Miranda and Millie answer, sure. But Rose is like, do you know, I really want to climb a mountain. So Rose and I are now planning which mountain it is that we're going to climb when we're in Scotland. And, and she's really excited by it. She's got herself some walking shoes. And she's just back from doing a Duke of Edinburgh Awards. So I think she's kind of got the whole bit about, about walking. So so the next adventure is when we're on holiday is that me and Rose are going are gonna to go and climb a mountain in Scotland. So... So again, nothing particularly dramatic. And listen, this isn't about, you know, it's not dangerous. It's not, it's not particularly adventurous in the true sense of the word, but it's still an adventure because it's something that we're, we're both looking forward to doing and it's something we wouldn't normally do um, and um, something we're both excited by. Um, and, and then I think it's good to have, to have big ambitions. So we talked about the fact that as a family, so Millie's just become a teenager Rose next year will um, will be will be um, uh, doing our GCSEs. So we've worked out that because they're two school years apart, that in three years' time um, they're going to have a really long summer because Rose will do our A levels and Millie will do our GCSEs, which both mean that they'll finish school and we've uh, early. And um, you know, I'm one of those people that just because of my job and I love that and I want to put plenty of effort into my job. So I do tend to work long hours and, and I do put lots of lots of days in. So we're already planning. The what, so what are we going to do with that long summer? Because you're, the two girls are going to have a long time off. So we are going to go on a road trip around the States 
for six weeks really? as a family. I we just that. decided Fantastic. that in lockdown. That's great. We kind of got the bug a bit with um, with the race around the world thing with yeah. the, that the BBC did. We that really enjoyed that as a family yeah. and we watched that. And so, yeah, we've talked about it and we've decided that's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to, Hire the big camper van, and we're gonna. We're now starting to plan our routes. We've got three years to kind of put this together. So that's. I think sometimes it's good to have long-term adventures that mm. need a bit of planning, but I think it's also about setting small little trips, whatever they might be, different different uh, activities that we don't normally do. That is something we look forward to, and it's something we get excited by. Mm. So my manifesto for a better life post COVID is to always have an adventure in the diary. That's, you know, besides that being really engaging, that is so helpful. Because I think if you stuck with this podcast, there's something inside of you going, oh, yes, my life's got mundane. I want an adventure. And Dave's giving you some handles, some practical things that you can do. And tying it into what Andy said, Dave, you know, Andy said it doesn't have to be expensive. You know, you picked up the, the, the Wimbledon thing was a gift through your through your work and you're going on holiday to Scotland and you're going to walk up a mountain. It's part of what you're doing. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, flying in a hot air balloon around the world you know, for 80 days. It can just be something that's simple and something that's local and something that's cheap as well as grabbing the opportunities when they're there to do something really outlandish. Mm. Just, just for the sake of accuracy, I did have to actually buy my Wimbledon ticket. Oh, did you? Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. So, so whilst, I was lucky to get hold of them, but no, I still oh, had to pay to for them. them. But, okay, but, yes. uh, so I don't think we could describe Wimbledon as a, as a cheap Freedom. day out, okay. to be fair. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. I mean, the climbing the mountain will cost us next to nothing. Yeah. The cost of, you know, whatever the car park is and then mm, pack yeah. lunch. Yeah. And it, but there's, it's the mix, isn't it? It's grabbing opportunities when they come yeah. your way. Sometimes these adventures will cost you a couple of hundred quid because you're going to invest in it, you know, go into yeah. the States in a long, on a long summer road yeah. trip. But sometimes just you can just change the script up one day and yeah. go out and it's also the planning of these things i mean i the yeah. energy in the room i mean i'm super excited about the idea of you know going on a climbing holiday to scotland uh with the surname of stuart you know i've done a few mountains in scotland myself um it's ben nevis maybe that's possibly in the office that's a bit too far away from where we're staying okay okay but you never know where the mountain climbing thing might lead I mean, you know, the Munros um, and, and the islands. You know, it's a tremendously exciting prospect. I'm super excited for you as a family. You should and take some advice from Andy because he's big in the Trossachs. <laughs> well known in it's that good. region. It's good. You can look that one up. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's an adventure. Um, so, so your declaration is to um, uh, make sure there's always something in the diary. And yeah. I think, again, I think for me, that's something all of us can, you know, whether it is a six-week trip around the States or whether it is, you know, we, we're going to go out for breakfast as a family and we're going to book a place to go. But, you know, sometimes... It, or a Johnny Cash tribute band. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And I always wonder with that, would Johnny Cash think they were a tribute band? Yeah, no, I, I think not. there are enough people in the... Well, quite, yeah. There are enough people in the audience, um, I think, to, to suggest yes. Okay. Just about. Fair enough. It was good. Ring of Fire. Yeah. <laughs> did you Where have that hot curry from? as well then? No. Oh. See, I'll, I'll set you up on those ones, Duncan. Yeah. Should we get back to the I was going to go when a child is born, but that's Johnny Mathis. Not ah, Johnny okay. Cash, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. These boys are really showing their age now. <laughs> no, Johnny who? Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't book the Johnny Cash tribute uh, band. That was okay. my wife, Andrea. And I'm so glad she did because, I, you know, I wouldn't have done that. And I actually, um, I'm not a big sort of music gig festival um, man, I mean, your son's going to Latitude soon enough. He is, is he? yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Covid Central. No, he'll have a bubble. Super spreader. He's got his own Winnebago. <laughs> What's a Winnebago? That's a camper van, isn't it? It's but, a big camper van. Yeah, 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 that's good. I love the sound of your adventures, Dave. I really do. Fantastic, fantastic. fantastic. So, so I think I think adventures are very a very spiritual thing, and I think there's something in the fact that Jesus once said, "You're never going to fully understand what it means to follow me." unless you become more like a child. And kids find adventures in back gardens with snails and flowers. Yeah, in the simplest. In the simplest and the most beautiful of things. So all of us, all of us can afford to do that. Listen, thank you for journeying with us. And we'd love to know what your adventures are. Please follow us on the social medias. Go to the Waggle Dance podcast website and get in touch with us and tell us what adventures you're going on because we would love to to know about those and we'll talk about them on the podcast as well. Hey, thanks for your company. We've really enjoyed this. It's been fantastic. Dave, where are we going next time? Uh, next time we were about keeping healthy. Ooh, ah, now that's something. Yeah. I tell you what, when I go to the gym, me and my mate Stuart work out together and we both talk about our lockdown bellies. <laughs> because we've all piled the, the, the pounds on over lockdown, haven't we? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you gone to the fridge and, and you, you, you open the door and you look because you're hungry and you think there wasn't anything five minutes ago when I looked and yet you still keep going back because you think there's going to be something in there and there never is. And you end up eating all the wrong stuff. That's because the crunching up cornflakes are in the cupboard next door. Yeah, to that's it. probably what it is. There you go. Okay, so we're going to look at health next time around. Thanks for your company, guys. We love our Waggle Dance Nation and uh, we hope to see you next time around um, on the pod. God bless you. Bye for now. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed our conversation and please do subscribe via iTunes, Spotify or your usual podcast provider so that you can catch every episode. Thanks for listening to the Waggle Dance Podcast and see you next time.